0: This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling
1: men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed.
0: <laughs> I'm not Party, into Side of me. Oh, King of Kings, you're alive. Yeah. And yeah, you live inside of me. Yeah. You're alive. And yeah, you live inside of me. I want you to pray and receive
1: revelation knowledge today. That God's word will mold your heart. That some of you, that God is not yet real to you, God will become real to you. Beginning from this meeting, God become real to you. I just want to pray for Yourself and say, Lord, mold my heart with Your word. 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 Let my heart change. Let my heart become compliant. Let my heart become responsive to Your word. Let my heart become responsive to Your word. Let my heart become responsive to Your word let my heart become responsive to your word let the eyes of my heart be flooded with light let let me see you as you are let me see you as you have revealed from your word let me see you as you have revealed from your word I wanna know you, I wanna touch you I wanna feel your face I wanna know you more Lord Jesus I wanna know you more Lord Jesus let your word mould my heart this evening in the name of Jesus Touch me and turn my life around. There has to be more than this. There has to be more than this. There has to be more than this. And I want that more. I want that more. I want you to express your thirst. Express your hunger for God. Express your thirst. Express your hunger for God. There has to be more than this. I want more. There has to be more than this. And I want more. There has to be more than this. And I want more. There has to be more than this and I want more. I am tired of this. I don't want this anymore. I don't want to go around this mountain any longer. It's time for me to go up. It's time for me to see more. It's time for me to do more. It's time for me to see more. It's time for me to do more. I want to see God in my life. I I want to become real to me like never before. Jesus, this is my time. And I'm not turning back. This is my time. And I'm not turning back. This is my time and I'm not turning back this is my time and I'm not turning back Jesus
0: Shia Lion of Judah Our Yeshua Amashia Lion of Judah Our Yeshua you are a shield.
1: Spirit of God we thank you for what you are about to do in our best. Thank you for what you are about to do in our lives. We thank you in anticipation. Glory to your name O Lord. In Jesus name we have prayed. Praise God. Say so please you have to indulge me today. Pray for me. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I may break out in song intermittently during the meeting. Please do not be alarmed. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 I began to tell you guys last Sunday that you don't activate the Holy Spirit. You don't activate the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive inside of you. The Holy Spirit is God on your inside. The Holy Spirit is alive inside of you. The Holy Spirit is God on your inside. He is alive. God is alive so you don't activate the holy spirit to work you don't pray for the holy spirit to begin to move you cannot send the holy spirit on an errand the holy spirit is alive and he's at work beyond your own ability ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14. apostle paul begins by praying so you can see how the context goes he said for this reason i kneel before the father is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can all ask more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work inside of us so the power of God is at work in us, and God is doing immeasurably more than we can ask or even think. So it is not your asking or your thinking that gets the Holy Ghost to do His ministry in your life. Are you getting what I'm saying to you, church? I want together. It is not your asking or your imagining that wakes up the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive. He is God inside of you, at work, inside of you. Your spirit is now in fellowship with his spirit and by virtue of that, his power is is alive. is at work inside your inner man. So you can't send the Holy Spirit on errand. You are not the one that will wake up the Holy Spirit. God is maximally great. You cannot add to him or reduce from him. Therefore, it is not your prayer that will move God to start acting. See what I just said to you now. I want to stir up your faith. I want to stir up your belief in God. Because the measure to which you understand this God that you are serving is the measure to which you can be effective. Is the measure to which you can stand perfect in all of his will for you. Listen to me. God is bigger than you. God is not your mate. God is not waiting for your prayer. For, you to, for him to begin to act in your life Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 verse 26 in the same way the spirit helps in our weaknesses we do not know what we ought to pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So we don't even know how we ought to pray for. We are completely incompetent in praying for the things that we should pray for. But the Holy Spirit without our prayer, without our help is helping us to bridge the gap to meet our needs. He's helping us to bridge the gap to meet our needs. So even when you don't know what you ought to pray for, the Holy Spirit is at work meeting your needs and bridging the gap. He's your intercessor. He's your Paracletus, Just like Jesus was. The same substance as of Jesus. The same spirit as of Jesus. He is the spirit of Christ. He is at work in you. It's not your prayer that makes him to begin to intercede for you. Because your prayer itself cannot even match up. He already intercedes for you. He already bridges the gap. So the Holy Spirit, God is already at work in your life. Today you will understand some things. Why it seems like as if your prayer sometimes goes back in time. Do you begin to understand some things tonight. All together. together. So it is not your prayer that gets the Holy Spirit to begin to act. It is not the Holy Spirit, it's not your prayer that will begin to make the Holy Spirit fulfill His love for you. His disposition towards you is love. He's already working out his purpose. You did not ask to be created. You did not ask to be created. You did not ask to be saved. He was the one that loved you first and made it possible for you to know that you can be saved. It's when he came to you that you were now able to respond to what He had done so why is it why will you think that it's after you have become saved that god is waiting for you before he does things in your life look at yourself look at your life as it is now every good thing that is in your life did you ask for them did you ask for every good thing that is in your life of course not there are not good things in your life that you never asked for that you have hallelujah john chapter 7 Verse 37, on the last day and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. So it is not your thirst that made Jesus to make the the living waters available. It was not when you began to thirst that Jesus made it available. He was always available. Glory to Jesus. Jesus' disposition from you from day one is that it was made available already. It is your thirst that makes you come to drink. And you now says, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit. What does this mean? Everything in our dealings with the Holy Spirit, who is at work in us, His power is at work in us, is all about appropriating. It's all about receiving what He has done. It's all about thirsting. After, like I told you guys last week, I don't want to spend more recap because I have a lot to say today. The way you buy the things of the Spirit is by thirsting. The way you buy wine is by thirsting. The way you buy milk is by thirsting. The way you you buy water is by thirsting. It's not by dropping things that are valuable to you. It's not by using long time. It's not by using precious things. No, it's by thirsting. It's by desiring. That's all the Holy Spirit needs from you. You cannot add to Him. He's not gaining anything from you by asking you to sacrifice something for Him to do something in your life. God is not asking you to give Him money before He will do things for you. That's not God. Do you know who God is? What kind of God says his love, and he's waiting for you to fast before he does something for you? What kind of father is looking at their child in need and is saying, until the child comes to ask me, I will not give the child the thing. No! The ministry of the Spirit in our lives is, is, is not activated when we begin to pray. God is bigger than us. God is infinitely proactive God is proactive about your life he loved you first before you loved him hallelujah church all together praise God praise Jesus and I'm going to explain to you that see the way to receive of God is by thirsting is by being hungry is by desiring his move in your life The problem with many people today is that they are actually not thirsty. People are actually not hungry for the move of God in their lives. People are actually not hungry. The things of the world have been set up in such a way that we are satisfied with what does not satisfy. We are okay with what cannot make us okay. We are satisfied with the things that don't satisfy. And that's why we are distracted from our needs And when those needs come, they will not start running up and down. The way to receive the things of the Spirit, no matter how highfalutin they look, no matter how big they look in your eyes, God is not asking you to come and drop money or drop anything. God is bigger than you. Whatever those things are, no matter how big they are, the way to receive them is by simply thirsting and desiring. But listen to me the proof of desire is pursuits glory to god did you know what i just said now the proof of desire is pursuits the sound of a thirsty heart is a prayerful mouth do you know what i just said to you now the sound of a thirsty heart is the is a prayerful mouth the evidence of desire is pursuits when you begin to desire the move of God in your life. When you begin to desire the Holy Spirit to do something in your life. All you need to do is desire. And when you begin to desire. And begin to have a hunger for God to do things in your life. Inevitably. Inevitably. You will find yourself pursuing those things. In, in prayer. You will f- I told you a heart that is hungry is like a suction machine. When a suction is opened up to extract something, what? It makes a sound. It makes a suction sound. So, prayer is the suction sound of a thirsty heart. Prayer is the suction sound of a thirsty heart. That is the reason why you will look through the scriptures and you begin to see that whenever believers saw things happening in their life, it was following prayer. Because a heart that is thirsty will not see the move of God. This is where the problem has always been. People have noticed that it is after prayer is when a man is prayerful that the man begins to see the move of God in his life. But they begin to look at it from the wrong perspective and begin to think of prayer as a cost to see the move of God. And before you know it, people have found themselves back in legalism. Everything in the New Testament is righteousness by faith. Is man appropriating what Jesus has done. It is no more men doing things to get things. It is now men receiving what Jesus has made available. Everything in the New Testament. People will look at the scriptures. They look at people's examples. They look at their lives. And they noticed, when I pray, things happen. When I pray, things happen. And the carnal response... to that observation is to begin to think of prayer as the cost to achieve. Begin to think of prayer as a means to an end. Meanwhile, for the believer, prayer is an end in itself. It is not a means to an end. It is an end in itself. Do you know why? Because prayer itself is the posture of a thirsty heart. A thirsty heart is the posture that a believer should have it is an end in itself. It is a state of heart that a believer should always carry. It is not a means to an end. That is the reason why the more thirsty you are, and the more you pray, the more the Holy Spirit makes you more thirsty. Do you understand what I just said now? The thirstier you are for God, the more you desire God, the more God will make you desire him. The more you pray, the more you pray. (laughs) Hallelujah. Do you see that because first thing after god is not a means to get what you want it is the posture of a, of the heart in response to what jesus has done to appropriate it church out together that's why your prayer must never become legalistic you must drop that mentality that you are praying so that god can do something you are praying to fulfill a requirement for god to do something See, all the requirements for pleasing God have been done once and for all in Christ. It has been nailed to the cross once and for all. So, you are not praying to fulfill a requirement for God to move. Prayer is only what you find yourself doing because your heart is thirsty. And that's why so many people are praying wrongly. That's why so many people are praying wrongly. Your heart must be thirsty. And the thirst of your heart is demonstrated in prayer. Let I see James chapter 5 verse 13. Down to verse 18 it says, The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man makes much power available. That's why it does that. A righteous man, you know what, what, what the word fervency there is? It is passionate. That's desire. Do you see that? The of fervent prayer. The passionate prayer of a righteous man. The righteous man is the, is the child of God. When a child of God is passionate, that means his heart is hungry and thirsty. It makes power available. It is the thirst. It is not a requirement. It is the posture of the heart. It is the thirst. It is the longing for God. Isaiah chapter 55. Come to the water, you that are thirsty. That is how you will buy what to satisfy. It is the thirst. It is the fervency. It is the passion, it is the hunger. Prayer is not a requirement for God to move. God is your father. Prayer is not a is not a a box to stick. You say something is happening in my life. Have you prayed about it? And you make that statement like as if it's a requirement for God to move. No, brothers and sisters, prayer is not another thing, it's not a revised legalism, it's not a new testament legalism into the back door such as fasting, you say you want God to move in your life,
0: there
1: are certain things that if you want God to move in your life, you have to go to a higher level. So for God to move in your life in a big way, you have to fast in a big way. No. 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 Rather, fasting must come from a heart that is thirsty. It is not a means to an end. It is an end in itself. A man desirous of the move of God in his life, that posture of heart pushes him into sanctification. Pushes him into going into a geographical place to set aside himself, to focus on those things. That's why so many people are fasting but it's hunger strike. Because they are not doing anything. Fasting is just the manifestation of a thirsty heart. A heart that is not thirsty cannot receive from God. Hallelujah! Church, all together. Church, all together. Over and over, Apostle Paul will tell us, Philippians chapter one, verse nineteen. He says, "I believe that this thing will turn to my to my deliverance by your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus." your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus. Over and over in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 to 10, in um, Philemon chapter 22, he tells them that I believe that I will be delivered. We have been delivered because of your prayers. Matthew 7 verse 7, Jesus speaking to us. He tells us, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Do you see that? That's why Jesus emphasizes, he says ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will what? Do you see that? Seek. It is a posture of the heart. It is thirsting. It is desiring for God. On the last day of the funeral, he stood and said, all who are thirsty, come to me and drink. Whatever move of God you desire in your life, whatever move of God you desire in your life, you just need to desire it. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Church, I will together. Why should we desire it? Why is thirst necessary? Why is thirst that is manifested as prayer, why is it necessary for us to receive, for us to see the move of God in our lives? Why do we have to thirst? The answer is clear. But let me say it in a way that will help you. There are two kinds of things. The things that God does in our lives, they are in two forms. Are you with me now? The things that, are, that God does in our lives, they are, they are in two forms. There are things that only God can do for us. And there are things that we can do for ourselves. There are two kinds of things that God does in our lives. The move of the Spirit the move of the things of the Spirit, the manifestation of the power of God in our lives come in two forms. There are two ways of thinking about them. Some are things that you cannot do for yourself. And some are things that you are meant to do for yourself, that you are meant to carry out for yourself. Things that you cannot do for yourself. For example, you are timid and you are scared. Giving yourself the spirit of boldness. You are timid, you don't have the boldness. You require the spirit of boldness. You want a miracle to happen in your life. You cannot perform a miracle by yourself. It is God that performs miracles. Things that you cannot do for yourself. The Holy Spirit has made them available. But those things cannot even happen in your life without your thirst. Do you know why? God wants it for you. You need to want it for yourself. This is why thirst is important for you to see the power of God. For things that you cannot do in your life. God wants to do them in your life but you also have to want them for yourself because God is not going to force anything on you. The Bible tells about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. After they casted out that demon, the demon from that girl that they were put in prison because of it. And the Bible says that they began to sing hymns and they began to pray. And as they did that, the entire place was shaken and all the fetters on their hands were broken off. And the centurion that was with them was so shocked, the prison guy that was with them was so shocked that he wanted to fall on his sword. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to me. God was God, God wanted to deliver them, but they had a say in their deliverance. Did you know what I just said to you now. Did you know what I said to you now? God wanted to deliver them, but they had a say in their deliverance. They had a say in their own deliverance. God will not come and deliver you by force. God does not deal with us like that. That's why in Mark chapter 6, the Bible tells us about this about the certain people in the, in the home, hometown of Jesus, that Jesus showed up to them and he could not do any miracles among them. Why? Because these people took him for granted. They didn't see him as someone that can meet their needs and so they were not thirsty for his miracles. They were not thirsty. They did not want it. He should keep his thing. And Jesus would not go there and say you must be healed by force. You must collect healing by force. So things in our lives that we cannot do for ourselves, they require our permission. They require our desire. They require our agreement. They require our alignment. That's why over and over Jesus will see a blind man and want to heal him. And Jesus will ask him, what do you want? Did you hear what I just said to you now? Jesus will ask him, what do you want? He's omniscient. Obviously, even a, someone with common sense will tell that someone that is blind wants his eyes to be open. But it will shock you that some people that will say, I'm okay with my blindness. My problem is my relationship status. My problem is that I want my Canada visa to come out. <laughs> there are a lot of people in their lives that God is looking at them. And God wants to turn their lives around. He wants to give them the spirit of boldness to minister the gospel. But guess what? They are not bothered about the spirit of boldness to minister the gospel. What they want is for somebody to give them money. They cannot receive the spirit of boldness. Because they are not even thirsting for it. Did you hear what I said to you now? Did Did you really get what I just said to you? There are some things that only God can do in your life. But those things that only God can do in your life, you have to allow them to be happen, to happen. You have to desire them. You have to permit them in your life. Because God is not going to do it by force. Because even if God does it by force, you will you will discountenance it and make a mockery of it. I guess what I'm saying to you. That is the reason why the entire long game of the old testament to the new testament was all about god awakening the jews and through the jews the rest of the world for them to recognize what they need so that their hearts can cry out for a savior imagine jesus showing up to jacob and his sons those guys that were selling their brothers for money those ones that were uh uh, uh maltreating their daughters-in-law those ones that were going to, into other people's villages to kill all the men there because some, because someone raped their daughter. Imagine Jesus showing up to those guys and now saying, I'm th- I died for your sins. Believe in me so that you can be saved. Imagine what Reuben would say. Imagine what Simeon would say. So Jesus came at the fullness of times when the Jews recognized that there's something called sin. And there is a need for a savior so even the things that you cannot do in your life you need to recognize that and allow for god to move in your life the second types of things that god does for us are things that require us to do things that require your implementation things that require you to act on god's word such things require you to know what god wants you to do and do them so that god can do his work in your life There are some things that will happen in your life that you cannot take care of for yourself. It's God that will do them. And then there are some things that will happen in your life that it is you that has to act. You are the one that has to take steps. You are the one that has to go somewhere. You are the one that has to speak to some people. You are the one that has to do some things. Guess what? All those kinds of things that you are the one that has to act on, you need revelation knowledge for you to know what to do. Did you hear that just said that? Things that require for you to act, you require revelation knowledge for you to know what you are meant to do and to act accordingly. So you see some miracles. Jesus will lay hands on them and receive their healing. So Jesus will say, Go well, and show yourself to the high priest. You pray for boldness, that God should give me brothers to minister the gospel. You cannot give yourself boldness. But after receiving the boldness, you are the one that has to step out to go and reach out to people. In your mundane things, in your in the things of your hand and in the provision of God's, you know, God's provision for your for your mundane things and your material things, there are some things that you cannot do for yourself. You cannot give yourself favor in the eyes of those that are meant to bless you. There are some places Seth, that things are being occured and being handled, that things have been aligned for your sake that you can never get to. There are some elders of things that God is orchestrating some places that you don't even know that those things are happening. God is doing those things on your behalf. And then there are some things that you yourself have to do. You have to be diligent in the work of your hands. You have to be skillful. You have to be hardworking. The things that require for you to do, you require revelation knowledge to be able to do them accordingly. How does revelation knowledge come? It's by prayer and thirst. You desire revelation knowledge and then the Lord gives it to you. So there is no way God is at work in your life. God wants things for you. He's not waiting for your prayer for those things to happen. See, the heavens are full over your life. The cloud is full over your life. The clouds are full and they are about to empty over you. The clouds are full and about to empty over you. The rivers of living water are flowing. It is time for you to drink. And you drink by thirst. You have to be thirsty. You have to desire it. For things that God, only God can do. And the things that you are the one that is meant to do. You require thirst. You have to, you have to be thirsty. The posture of your heart must be one of God, I want you to do these things in my life. That posture is what makes the things that God has made available to begin to flow out through you. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying to you? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So, when a man is thirsty, when a Christian is thirsty, he prays. When a Christian is thirsty, he prays in the Spirit. When a Christian is hungry, he prays in the Spirit. When a Christian is desirous for the move of God in their life, he prays in the Spirit. When you want God to begin to align your life in accordance to come to His will for you, he, you pray in the Spirit. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. How do we pray in the Spirit? For it to understand. How is praying in the Spirit done? 2nd 3 verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Do you see that? Let the message of Christ dwell in you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Through Psalms. Through hymns. And through songs from the Spirit so the Word of God is dwelling in you richly then you admonish each other the Word of God is dwelling to you richly then you admonish each other with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit sing it to God with gratitude from your hearts and whatever you do whether in word or indeed do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to god the father through him hallelujah you see that you you know you think that prayer in the spirit means that until i'm speaking in tongues i'm not praying in the spirit no sir when you speak in tongues you are uttering by the spirit you are enunciating you are making utterances that are mysteries by the help of the spirit but praying in the spirit from the heart. Praying in the spirit from the heart is simply a matter of consciousness on the spirit. Do you hear you said now? It's simply a matter of consciousness of the spirit. Your consciousness. Your consciousness. Your attention. Let the word of God dwell richly in you. Admonish each other with hymns and psalms. And spiritual songs. So you sing in the spirit from a heart that is full of the word of God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it in the name of our Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to the Father through Him. So, singing in the spirit. Singing hymns. Singing songs that you understand. You do it with songs from the Spirit. How do you know that from the Spirit? The Word of God is dwelling richly in you. And you are doing everything in the name of God. So that is a matter of consciousness. It's a matter of focus on the Spirit. It's a matter of consciousness. It's a matter of focus on the Spirit. So when you are singing hymns, you are singing in the Spirit. Singing in the spirit is not only when you sing in an unknown tongue. No. Singing in the spirit is not only when you sing in an unknown tongue. When you sing a song from your heart, full of God's word, when you sing a hymn, when you sing a song that is spiritual, you are singing in the spirit. Because your inner man is focused on the spirit of God. It's a matter of consciousness. Look at the way Ephesians chapter 5 puts it put it in a very similar way but adds more revelation to it Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit so you can see that it's a conscious thing instead be filled with the spirit let your heart be filled with the spirit let your inner man be filled with the spirit it is your conscious effort it is your conscious effort It is not you trying to get the Holy Spirit to make intercession for you. That's not what's happening. The intercession that the Holy Spirit makes on your behalf is something that is happening irrespective of you. The moment you got saved, God knew what your deficiencies were and the Holy Spirit is bridging the gap and meeting your needs irrespective of what you are doing. What you are doing is responding in hunger to what God has done so that you can receive it. So he says, be filled with the Spirit. He says, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Make music from your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. So when you are speaking to one another, and you are speaking from the place of the Spirit in your heart, when your attention is on the Holy Ghost, what you are doing is that you are praying you are speaking, you are singing hymns, you are singing psalms. Whatever it is you are doing, guys chapter 5 says you are walking by the Spirit. When your consciousness is on the Holy Ghost, when you are thirsty, and is a matter of attention, You are the focus of my worship, as you reign,
0: you reign forevermore. You are the focus, you are the focus of my worship, cuz you reign. You reign. Forevermore, I sing it for me now. You are the focus, you are the focus of my worship, cuz you reign. Cuz you reign. Forevermore
1: My eyes Are fixed My gaze
0: is set Like a flint Upon you Upon you My eyes Are fixed My gaze is set Like a flint Upon you Upon you, let's take from the top. You are the focus, you are the focus of my worship. As you reign, you reign, you reign, you reign forevermore. Oh, you are one, you, you are the focus of my worship, because you reign. To me,
1: all you need to do to pray in the spirit, to sing a hymn in the spirit, to sing a psalm in the spirit, to sing a song in the spirit, is for your attention, for your focus to be on the Holy Ghost. That is what it means to be in the spirit. You are born of the spirit, you are already in the spirit. All that you are doing is now to walk in step with the spirit, is to fix your consciousness on the spirit. So when a believer is thirsty for God when the believer is thirsting for the move of God in their lives when the believer is thirsty for God to do things in their lives what they do is that they fix their attention on God and that's all they need all that God that is the reason why the Bible tells us that those guys rebelled in the desert in that day and they were being bitten by snakes. And, Mo- and Moses came. And God told Moses, all you need to do is to carve a snake and put it in the desert and lift it up. As many people as can set their eyes on it will be healed. And Jesus comes and tells us that just like that snake that was lifted up, I also will be lifted up and I will draw many men to me. Hallelujah. What the Spirit needs is for you to look out to him looking unto jesus the author and finisher of my faith this thing has to sink into your mentality we are not under the law of moses legalism is dead and gone you are not doing anything to fulfill any requirements what god needs from you that even makes it sound funny what you need to do to receive what god has done is for you to fix your attention on jesus you have to be thirsty you have to look onto him that is all you need that's so that's what praying in the spirit is that's why you see there's no how to pray in the spirit in the whole bible there is no how to pray in the spirit in the whole bible there is no single place it's an assumption that if you're a child of god and your heart is fixed on god you are already praying in the spirit hallelujah that's what praying in the spirit is That's what praying in the spirit is. You put your focus on God. You put your heart on God. You put your heart on the Holy Ghost. Your heart is thirsty. You're not praying casually. That's why five minutes of praying in the spirit will take you, will do much more in your life. Five minutes of fervent prayer. See, praying in the spirit is another name for effectual fervent prayer. Because it's a prayer that is passionate. It is from the heart, fixed on God. Five minutes of a prayer in the spirit will do you more good than 24 hours of praying in the flesh. It will do you more good than 24 hours of just pacing the ground, filling your mind with all kinds of things and doing all kinds of things just to while you wait time. Five minutes of your heart focused on God will do you so much more good than all the things, the carnal things that you are doing on a day-to-day basis. It will do you much more good all together that's why it was a mistake that was made and we don't know exactly where that mistake came in but the mistake began to follow that people thought that praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues is praying in the Spirit. Therefore to pray in the Spirit you ought to pray in tongues. Therefore whenever I am praying in tongues I am already in the Spirit. Therefore whenever I am speaking gibberish and praying praying in tongues whether my mind is there or not whether I, my attention is fixed on God or not I am still praying and that is an error this is what I mean 1 Corinthians chapter 14 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 says for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God indeed no one understands them but they utter mysteries by the Spirit do you see that? they utter utter means audible speaking they audibly speak mysteries by the Spirit so when a man is speaking in tongues what he is speaking that people do not understand is a mystery he is saying something it is a mystery but the Holy Spirit that is say, you see the Spirit the Holy Spirit is the one giving them utterance to speak just like it was said concerning them in Acts chapter 2 that they spoke in different languages as the Spirit gave them utterance guys are you following what I'm saying to you so what you are uttering what is coming out of your mouth what we can hear when you say that thing that is being said is a mystery that means that it is actually something it is a mystery because it is not understood do you understand that so they are speaking mysteries by the spirits that is not to be confused with praying in the spirits When a man is focused on God and he begins to pray in the spirit, he's praying in the spirit in his inner man. The Holy Spirit gives him utterance to communicate mysteries, and then what you hear is mysteries. Do you understand that? So, it is not this the speaking mysteries that is the praying in the spirit, the praying in the spirit is going on in his heart. Then the Holy Spirit gives him utterance to speak in mysteries. So that means that if there's any faculty, if there's any issue that makes his mouth unable to speak, he's still praying in the spirit. Do you know what I just said to you? Do you understand that? That means that if anything prevents him from being able to open his mouth and speak, he is still praying in the spirit. Because praying in the spirit is what your inner man does, what your spirit does. Your spirit is praying. Then the holy spirit can open your physical mouth and enable you to speak mysteries these mysteries are different kinds of languages 1st corinthians chapter 12 1st corinthians chapter 12 look at verse 10 he says he was talking about the different kinds of gifts and everything he now says to another miracles miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of languages and to still another the interpretation of the languages do you see that? God gives them the ability to speak in different kinds of languages so the Holy Spirit can open your mouth it is a miraculous power of the Holy Spirit that enables you to open your mouth and to speak different kinds of languages your mouth can you can open your mouth and speak different kinds of languages that you have never learned. Some may be human languages, like what happened in Acts chapter 2. It's a miraculous faculty of the Spirit, where you will open your mouth and speak languages that are actual human languages. Sometimes, it is a language of the Spirit in quotes. That means, it is not any human language, but it is something that is being said, and the Holy Spirit understands what is being said. Church, are we together. It is different kinds of languages. Look at verse, verse 28 of the same chapter. He says, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of languages. Hallelujah. And of different kinds of languages. Different kinds of languages. It's a supernatural faculty of believers to speak different kinds of languages. Different genus of languages. You know sometimes we get it into our head and think that when we speak and we are speaking those mysteries that nobody understands, there's just meaningless languages and it's just just meaningless and then the Holy Spirit just knows what you are saying because you are not really saying anything but the Holy Spirit knows what you are saying. No, 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 no. You are actually uttering mysteries. You are speaking a language. You are speaking a language. But do not get it confused. Those languages you are speaking are the utterance that the Holy Spirit gives you to speak those languages but your prayer in the Spirit is from within so that is the reason why a deaf and dumb believer can pray in the Spirit did you hear that that's why a deaf and dumb believer may never speak in tongues but can pray in the Spirit that is the reason why praying in the Spirit is not only when you sing in tongues or when the Holy Spirit gives you utterance you can sing in hymns and it's a spiritual song You can sing in a psalm and it's a spiritual song. Giving thanks is not only when you give thanks in tongues. You can also give thanks in the understanding and you are praying in the Spirit. People, you know, reading the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, many times people misunderstand and begin to think that Apostle Paul narrowed praying in the Spirit and singing in the Spirit to only singing in tongues. No! Look after verse 13. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue... Should pray that they may interpret what they say for if i pray in a tongue my spirit you see that my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful so your spirit is actually praying you are praying in the spirit and god is giving you the ability to speak in a tongue but your mind is what unfruitful but it's your spirit that is praying so what shall i do i will pray with my spirit and i will also pray with my understanding People think that when I say, when it says, but I also pray with my understanding, it means that when you start praying with your understanding, you are no more praying in the Spirit. No, you are still praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. But in this context, he's using praying in the Spirit to talk about speaking in tongues. It does not mean that when you pray in understanding, you are not praying in the Spirit. Look how he now says, I will sing with my Spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Church, I we together. So what does this mean? What does this mean for you? The Holy Spirit is alive inside of you. God is alive inside of you. And God is eager to do things in your life. God is eager to help you fulfill his purpose for your life. God is eager to show himself forth inside of you. Your response to God's, to what God has done is to desire is to thirst after Him. Don't let the things of this world steal your thirst. Don't let the things of this world distract you from your thirst. Don't let the things of this world distract you. There's a way material things can distract you whereby you are thinking of the amount of money that you need for your needs. And then you are just focused on God give me money, God give me money, God give me money, God give me money and what happens is that you are not thirsting for God to do things in your life. You are just thirsting for Santa Claus to give you what will make you happy. You are not thirsting for God, you are thirsting for your own will. No. Thirsting after God is praying in the spirit, your heart focused on God concerning the things that God wants to do in your life concerning the things that you desire desiring that the hand of God will move what happens is that your hunger for God also increases as you are thirsting after God the more you thirst after God the more your hunger will increase what will begin to happen is that God will begin to meet your needs in the time between when you are praying and before those material needs are met your hunger for the things of God is stirred up and God is doing other things in your life. So your life and your interaction with God is not limited to material things alone. God is doing mat- God is doing things in your life, the material and the immaterial. You have not limited your thirsting for God to only material things. You are thirsting for God for the material and the immaterial. Because you know God and you trust God, like a father, a father that does good in your life even before you ask for it, you can be sure that even the material things that you are desiring, Even the material things they are desiring, God knew that you wanted them before you asked for them. So you should know that God is setting it out. God is sorting it out. God is putting things in place. God is organizing things. So the response of a thirsty man to God for the things that they are desirous of the things of God for is patience. A man that is thirsty is patience. A man that is thirsty is patience. You sit with those things. You are desiring God. You are designed for God, the things of God to move in your life. And you are patient. Waiting patiently until those things are manifested. Waiting patiently until those things are manifested. Listen to me. Because the things that God is doing in your life are far above all you can ever ask for things. The things that God, all the things that you are praying for God to do, the way they will come into your life, will never be the way that you planned it for yourself. It will always be according to the way God's will it's always be according to the wisdom and the might and the power of God in your life we must get to the points where we actually believe in God and not in ourselves we need to get to the point where we actually believe in God and not in ourselves we need to get to the point where you are praying and you are trusting God and expecting some things and the place of your heart is God is going to do it in my life And what God is going to do is only something better than what I want. Because his will for me is something better than what I want for myself. You must get to that place of assurance in your heart. As you are are desiring God. And as you are praying fervently for God to move in your life. That you have no doubts. You have no second mind. You have no, you are not shaking at all. Because you know that what God is going to do for you is something even better than what you want for yourself a man that is thirsty like that such a man will be patient such a man is the kind of man that will look back at their lives after some time and discover if if they are able to recall the kinds of things they were asking for some years ago they will stand and look back and say many of the things i was asking for god has done them some of them other things god has done in a way even better than what i was asking for they will look back and discover that they are not the people that they were two years ago three years ago hallelujah church are we together this is how we see the power of the holy ghost in our lives you want to abound in the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus is not Shongu. He is not Ogun. He is not Obatala. He is not asking for any, any, any sacrifice in the middle of the market square. All He's asking for is for you to look unto him. Let your focus be on him. You want the will of God to be manifest in your marriage. You want the will of God to be manifest in your things. What Jesus is asking for is for you to look unto him. Is for you to look unto him, be thirsty, come unto me, all you that are um, um all of you that are thirsty and heavy, heavy living, and I will give you rest. That's all he's asking for. At in every place, in every place, in every place, all he's asking for is your thirst, he's asking for your hunger. Just be desirous, just give me permission. Look unto me and allow me to walk in your life, allow me to walk in your life. If you're in a prison and you're full of shackles and there are shackles shackles on your hand holding you down in pursuit of the will of God, don't sit down and be looking and just be okay and say, well, it's okay. I'm okay where I am. Like Paul and Silas, desire more. Look to God and desire deliverance. Desire deliverance. Pray in the Spirit. Sing songs in the Spirit and your deliverance will come. And your deliverance will come don't just be okay see i, I keep something i keep telling you guys this thing the devil is dis- is satisfying people with what does not this does not satisfy that's why a lot of people are not thirsting for the move of the spirit in their lives because the things of this world has made them satisfied the things of this world have made them satisfied with the status quo. They are satisfied with their lives. They are satisfied with just going and coming back every day. As long as the school fees is paid. As long as the vacation is done. As long as this is done. That is alright. And those that don't have those things yet. They have reduced God to a God that is only meant to provide those things. And so people are looking for things that don't satisfy. You want bills to be paid. But when those bills are paid, you know that is not all. You will not be satisfied. It's time for you to begin to hunger for God to do more. God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. Just be thirsty. Just be hungry. Be fervent in your prayer. Be fervent in your singing in the Spirit. Make it a habit. Sing in the Spirit without ceasing. Pray in the Spirit without ceasing. Pray in the spirit without ceasing. The more you thirst for God, the more you will find yourself thirsting for God. Make it a habit. Desire the move of the spirit in the lives of your children. Desire a move of the spirit in the lives of your partner, your spouse. Desire a move of the spirit in your things. Begin to offer yourself as a living sacrifice unto God. Holy and acceptable. Begin to think of yourself as a tool for God to use. Desire for God to do things in your life. Think less and less of how God should do something in your life. Think more and more. Desire. Be thirsty for God to do things in your life. It is in so doing that God will begin to surpass your expectations. Some of your needs that you had before, they will die. Some of the things that you are thirsting for that don't satisfy. The thirst of the Spirit will begin to kill them. When you were young, when we were when we young, you were thirsting and desiring for some things. It was like as if those things don't come in your life, your life is over. But as we began to mature and began to know God more, you began to as we began to mature naturally, you begin to desire so you began to desire some things that made more sense. In the same way, in thirsting for the move of God in your life, there are some things that have that have, that have become so emotion, so important to you that not having them is emotionally racking. If this thing does not happen. If I don't do this thing, you'll be psychologically unbalanced. I just want this thing. Every year, year in, year out. Every crossover service. God, you must do this thing for me in the flesh. You must do this thing for me in the flesh. And you are stressing yourself and killing yourself. Meanwhile, God has bigger plans for you. And you cannot receive it. You are not allowing it to come into your life. Simply because you have refused to thirst for God. And you are only thirsting for an idol. You are thirsting for material things. a lot of ministers will tell us things and they'll say, I don't pray for money. I don't pray for all those things. It should strike you that unbelievers, people that don't know God, have all this money you are looking for. It should strike you weird that all these things that you are praying and hitting yourself on the floor floor about that is causing you so much existential angst are things that people that are not even saved are getting without praying. Then you should know that the thing that God wants to do in your life is something that is more than that. It's about you doing the will of God. You need to desire God. Desire the things of the Spirit. God will take care of you. These things that you're knocking yourself for, you don't even need to... You don't even need to pray for them. Desire God. Desire for God to move in your life. Let Him do things in your life that will surpass your expectation. See... The only things that God will do in your life that will be exactly the way you prayed for them are things that you were able to pray as in you are able to understand, mentally understand and therefore pray exactly what God wanted. If not, all the things that God will do in your life will always be better than what you could have ever asked for yourself. Church, out together. Thirst. Begin to thirst for God. Let me end on that scripture again. John chapter 7. 7-37. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone Who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Oh, glory to God. Rivers of living water will flow from within you. Rivers of living water will flow from within you. Rivers of living water will flow from within you. If you are thirsty, just come and drink. Just come and drink. Just come and drink. Pray in the spirit. Be thirsty for God. Let your heart be on God. You will be more than satisfied. You will be more than satisfied. Come on, can we pray in this place? Can you demonstrate your thirst for God in this place? Can you demonstrate your thirst for God in this place? Can you demonstrate your thirst for God in this place? Can you demonstrate for your thirst for God? He says, "Come and drink. Come and drink. Come and drink. Come and drink. Just come and drink. That's all you need. That's all you need. Just come and drink." Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you.